What time is it? It's Island Time! Hey, everybody, what time is it? There's no time like Island Time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's behind. Everything's fine on Island Time. And you'll be living on Island Time. Caribbean breezes blow through my mind. We're saying. Greetings, greetings from the North Coast and Baldwin. What, what, Baldwin Wallace People... University on in Berea. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> it's the Island Time Radio Show, three hours of trap rock music on the radio. And I want to make sure I got microphones working. Johnny Ray Miller's in the house. Johnny? I am here. How uh, are you, Dennis? Say something again. Uh, ABC, D, F, Partridge Family. There it is. We've got Johnny and uh, we've got Cheryl from the North Coast Parrothead Clubs. Hello, Cheryl. Hi, everybody. Glad to see you all. There we go. All right. Everybody's in the house. This is a fun annual show we like to do. It is a retro show. And uh, Johnny Ray Miller, of course, has written the great Partridge Family book, uh, uh, When We're Singing. I almost, I always want to call it Come On, Get Happy. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun playing a lot of old songs, and we're going to have some pretty cool guests checking in here tonight, and we'll tell you all about that. Johnny Ray Miller has some news, I think, as well. And let's just get to it. Uh, we're going to start it off with some Jimmy Buffett. This is Island. I haven't heard this song in a long time. But thanks for tuning in, folks. It's the Retro Show on the Island Time Radio Show. I see you in the distance. I feel that your existence is not unlike my own. Island, they say no man is like you. They say you stand alone. Sometimes I feel that way too. It's the need for love Heart and soul accompaniment Seems to make me different from you Well, I tried to book passage But you have no ports And I tried to sail in But you went in waters Told my sails and broke my oars Island I see you in the moonlight Silhouettes of ships in the night Just make me want that much more Island I see you in all of my dreams 
Maybe someday I'll have the means to reach your distant shores when the need for love heart and soul of common no longer makes me different from you Well I try to build bridges but they all fell down and I take a
All right, that is right there, David Cassidy from what year was this, Johnny Ray Miller? Oh man, you're really you're catching me. 1998. Old Trick, New Dog was the name of the album. 1998. And uh, I should play it later. He did a sexy version of "I Think I Love You." Yeah, he really did. <laughs> there was a, a 
there was that was a good mix album. I think it. Um, I don't know if it was as well received as it should have been at the time, but now you look back in hindsight, and you know these are great recordings that he did on this album. Yeah, that was a obviously funked up a '90s version. What year? '98. '98. Of yeah. I woke up in love this morning. And we also heard in their island, Jimmy Buffett starting the show off today, and A Place in the Sun from Pablo Cruz. We're going to be playing some yachtish rock and some retro tunes. We're going to be going back in time tonight. But, uh, yes, I remember this album pretty well. And uh, he redoes Ricky's tune on here. And a bri- no bridge I wouldn't cross. I always kind of like that song. That was kind of a hit. That was kind of a hit. It, it charted on the easy listening. Did it? Chart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be playing all kinds of uh, oddities tonight on the show. It is our annual retro show. Guess what, folks? We have Ryan Cassidy on hold. He is going to check in with us here and talk to Johnny and I about this new book that you guys put together. Right, Johnny? Yeah, and it all spun out of um, the Partridge Family book. Yeah, so this is, it's called James Cagney Was My Babysitter. Pretty wild concept for a book. (laughs) So we'll figure that out, and we're going to do some weather here, and we'll talk to Ryan Cassidy on our special show tonight on the Island Time Radio Show. Johnny Ray Miller in the house. How you doing, Johnny? Hey, man. How you been? What's been going on the last year? Oh, gosh. You know, working on some new projects and um, promoting the new book I got out, co-written with Ryan Cassidy. James Cagney was my babysitter. Shameless plug. There we go. All right, well, then I think that's a cue to bring Ryan on. Sounds good to me. I'll tell you what. Ryan Cassidy, are you there? I'm here. Welcome. Hey, buddy. Welcome to Island Time. Hey, John. How are you doing? Hi, Dennis. Hi. Pretty good, man. Man, we're doing podcasts. Now we're doing radio. What's going on? We haven't stopped. (laughs) Promoting James Cagney was my babysitter. That is right on the money. Now, last last year uh, you checked in, Ryan. I don't know if you remember this, but the book was just starting to come together, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite ready. But uh, you guys have put this out now uh, recently, right? Yeah, it was released in March. Okay, and um, we we got it done, and I'm very very proud of it. I know Johnny is too. Oh, it's okay. a really really sweet, endearing, true story that we decided to uh, create as a novelty book for children and for adults, and uh, it's only 64 pages long, and it um, really takes you to that afternoon if you read it. It's, it's a really great story, I'm very, you know, I, I had this idea 25 years ago, and... Um, yeah, and it was just, every time I would look at this illustration that Jim gave me that afternoon, it's hanging very prominently on my wall, I would think to myself, you know, I'll never forget that day. It was a positive day, and how can I, how can I share it with the world and explain how important it was to me and so that, that they can kind of read it and and understand the importance of it and the sweetness of it, really. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I always say this, it's, you know, the idea is that people's perception of people that know who James Cagney was and remember him, they have this perception of him being, you know, this sort of tough gangster-type guy, because those are, many of the characters he played were, were gangsters. 
And uh, and then, of course, he won an Academy Award for Yankee Bill Dandy, uh, which was uh, based on the story of George M. Cohen. Right. And he really, his passion was song and dance. He loved, he loved, uh, he, he was a hoofer back in the day and, and always wanted to um, perform on stage. And, and, and that was his love, dancing, singing. He was a wonderful tap dancer. So the idea behind it is that it, he, who he was at heart was very different from the characters that he portrayed in a lot of these gangster movies. He was the complete antithesis of that. He was a very down-to-earth, warm-hearted, kind person that really loved art, loved animals, and um, soft-spoken didn't talk a lot, but when he said something, it was very important what he said. Hmm. And he was so wise. And um, I picked that up as a little boy. Um, and at the time he took care of me, my folks were going through a, a separation, and I think he sensed that there was there was um, uncertainty in in my life, and I didn't know you know which which way I was going. And I think he really wanted to sort of make me feel safe and that I was going to be okay. And that's also part of the part of the sweetness of the story. So it's one of those stories that is universal in that uh, we all have somebody when we were little that was an adult that affected us in some way, um, that touched us in some way, or triggered something that uh, we remember forever. And um, what a cool story this is that you know it was James Cagney who in all of his glamour turned out to be a normal guy who was spending time with a little boy and uh, filling a need. Larger than life character, obviously. And was this just one time, Ryan, that uh, he babysat? Yeah. Really? That's yeah, amazing. It was, it was just, and it kind of happened by accident. I, And, you know, I, I knew who James Cagney was, but I didn't know the magnitude of, of, the, sure. of the body of work that he had left behind. And um, it was, uh, it happened by accident in that my father was not living at our house. He had moved out. He picked me up. He was going to take me out for outing. We were going to go somewhere. And he had to go by the Cagneys for something and ended up having to change his plans abruptly and was going to have to take me home after he got there. And Jim said, you know, Jack, why don't you leave Ryan with me? Come back and get him when you're done. And um, that'll be it. And wow. that's how it happened. Wow. So you say it's so a, it was, you say that? it's it's uh, like a children's book, but it's an adult book. Uh, kind of explain yeah. that a little bit. Well, children aren't going to know who James Cagney is, obviously. Right. So obviously, if you read it, and you'll know who he is. But it's adults are going to know who he is, or at sure. least older adults are going to know who he is, and if they if they pick it up and they read it, they realize that there's messages in there, not just for themselves, but for for children. And so it's it's really for all ages. Now it has animated illustrations, so it just right off the bat, it looks like a children's book. And for all intents and purposes, it is a children's book, but it's also for adults. And you know, when when I set out to do this book, my template was the the book The Giving Tree. Um, which is uh, a well-known book um, that was out when I was a little boy 
And um, it, it was a simple book with illustrations, very little text, and it had a story in it. And my goal was to create a story from that afternoon that was simple, that was honest, real, and that was endearing, and that that didn't take a lot to read it. It just took, you know, it's, you can read it in under 30 minutes. Oh, really? And oh, you yeah. walk away from it thinking, you know, the meaning of being kind to people and the, the relationship between an old man and, or an older man and a young boy and the significance that can come out of that. Two people that didn't really know each other. It's amazing. It's... Jim, Jim, Jim knew who I was just in that I was the son of Jack and Shirley, but I didn't know him that well. Yeah. You know, my mom had done a movie with him, and subsequently my mom and dad stayed in touch with him and his wife. So um, they didn't live very far from where I was raised, and um, and 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 through the circumstances that fit that day, I just ended up staying there for several hours and kind of timid shy i didn't really know i didn't like being in places i wasn't familiar with he at the end of the day he made me feel like i had so much confidence and that i was i could do anything and uh just an amazing afternoon you know it's a story about make-believe it's a story about kindness um it's a story about creativity and imagination it's a story about friendship and a little boy discovering a meaningful friendship. It's all of those things. It's pretty universal in its theme. Yeah, and when you think about it, you know, a little boy, a seven-year-old boy and a man in the 70s, what are you going to have in common? And what I, what I realized is that I had a whole lot in common with him, not even knowing it. Wow. And um, it, it was... It, it it shed light on my perception of older people, even as a little boy, and what what you could learn from them, and also that you could be kindred spirits, you know. So that's really the the under the underlying messages in it is the significance of two strangers, a little boy and an older man, and the magic that can come out of spending a few hours with that person. That is fantastic. And it's amazing that you have such a, re- a strong recollection of that one uh, t- one time, you know? It's amazing. Dennis, yeah. I feel like you should oh, be yeah. playing you've, you've Got a Friend. Right? Yeah. Or uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I, when I got to his house that day, I knew, again, that he was this well-known uh, actor that had was a big movie star back in the 1930s. And so I was a little bit, again, I was always a little bit shy, a little bit timid, quiet. Well, at the end of the day, when I left, my father picked me up, I forgot that he was this big. I just knew him as Jim and this artist and this creative, sort of amazing creative imagination that um, instilled confidence and warmth and, and love in, in me and it was something I just you never forget that you know yeah so uh, Johnny what was your role in putting this all together 
um, kind of to nurture Ryan's creativity and his ideas and how to um, tell it. Yeah. So we would talk about it a lot, and I would just recognize, you know, how he would tell that story, and I'd just kind of encourage him, you know, you have told me that piece of that story the exact same way six times. You need to use it that way. That okay. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And is there illustrations? Is that right? Yeah, we had a brilliant illustrator, Andrea um, Carjival, and uh, yeah. she's very young. And we, in the beginning, we thought, "Wow, she's pretty young. You know, she's not even going to know, you know, who yeah. these people are." Yeah. But wow, did she pull it out, man? Really? Yeah. The illustrations are out of this world. She captured the look of all of them. Little Ryan, uh, James Cagney as an old man. Shirley Jones is in there, perfectly captured. Well, Jack Cassidy. And my dad. Yeah, yeah, perfectly. You know, the biggest compliment that I can get is when, when I hear that uh, somebody, a friend of somebody, somebody picked up the book and read it, and at the end of the book they were in tears, and they well. went back to read it again. And um, that's meaningful to me. There's know? this beautiful picture that Ryan put out on his Facebook page of his mother sitting reading the book okay i mean just beautiful yeah uh, of her sitting there reading the book and she's oh so proud of her son you know you yeah. see it in the picture it's just uh the whole thing was a incredible experience i would say have you been able to uh contact anybody from his family uh, like his as, as a matter of fact his grandson contacted me okay. and he picked up the book he ordered it actually and uh wow he sent me a message just telling me, thanking me for for making the book with Johnny, and um, I think he felt I think he felt that I got I was very fortunate and lucky to have had that opportunity with him because I don't think he had a lot of uh, intimate connections with his grandfather. Not because his grandfather wouldn't have been there for him, but I think just because of the nature of how their family was structured and where he was growing up and so on and so forth. Okay. So I, I think he felt uh, he just basically said, you, you're very lucky that you had that time. Ryan, was he the and, guy that showed up at the table at the Hollywood show, or was that someone else who was a relative no, of Cagney? No, it, it, his grandson his name's Jonathan Cagney and uh, I don't think he was there that day. He, if he was there that day, I don't remember. I didn't see him. I would have remembered that. And I would have yeah, remembered yeah. speaking to him. Um, but um, you know, it, it was very touching that he that he reached out to me and was was um, happy with the, with the book and touched by it. You know, fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's it's something to be proud of, uh, at least from my standpoint. I know from Johnny's standpoint, and um, the wonderful thing about this book is it's it's always it's going to be there forever. You know, we had a blast yeah. doing this. I must say, it was you know there was never a dull moment. It was always fun and exciting, and just filled with creativity, creative ideas. Just a complete opposite type of book from the one I had come off of, and um, I'm so proud of that. I, I'm just so proud that we did this together. I was So I told Ryan along the way, I was flipping, doing some research on David, David Cassidy, and I find this article, 
And in it, they interview Ryan about what's going on in his life. This was like 25 years ago. Okay. And in it, he's talking about a book that he would like to someday write called James Cagney. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's as long as that. As yeah. Okay. long ago as that, yeah. Well, I'm glad Johnny came yeah. along and uh, made it happen. That's awesome. Lucky That's man. it. And and that that was a very old article. I mean, I I had had this idea. I think back in the 1980s. Wow, man. Yeah. So it's called so, James Cagney anyway. is uh, my was my babysitter. And where can you get this book? You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can get it on my website, whenwe'resingin.com. Um, I think that you can get it at almost any retail uh, outlet that carries books. I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah, couple of yeah, and it's it's still selling like crazy. I think it's um yeah, it's been it's been it, it came out of the gate really quickly and yeah, like gangbusters and it's doing great. Is this your first book, uh, Ryan? It is my first book. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, a couple of real quick knows, questions. There, there, we there, there, we had a, maybe more to come. More to come. Okay, okay. all right. Oh, he's yeah. dropping the teaser already. There we go. <laughs> We just wanted to ask a couple of real questions. First of all, your what is your uh, career? I know you're involved with that huge show NCIS, which is my wife has on all day long. <laughs> yeah, I, I work in uh, behind the camera, working in the uh, set decorating department for TV and film. And uh, this is my going into my third season on NCIS. Wow! But NCIS has been on twenty one. We're we're going into season twenty one, so. I'm kind of uh, the new guy there, um, uh, but it's a wonderful job, wonderful cast, um, and it's a certainly a well-oiled machine at this point, as you can imagine. Yeah. The stars of the show um, wanted copies of the book, isn't that right, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They all got copies, and they all and they all were really kind of enamored by it. That's wild. So that was pretty fun. I I think uh, there's. So the, I was just going to say, I think there's going to be an NCIS channel. There's so many shows. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was saying that, that that's my primary job. Um, I do I do uh, volunteer work for uh, the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, I love public service. I love trying to be of service in ways that's completely different than what I was raised in. And... Um, so I'm involved with, with working with them from, from the standpoint I'm what they call a specialist volunteer with them. And I'm also on the board of directors for the Los Angeles Police Museum because I love history so much. Wow. And um, I'm involved with creating exhibits there and displays and all that kind of stuff. So, I believe back in the day you were on the set uh, a few times watching the famous Partridge Family Show, right, Ryan? Uh, what do you, do you have? Oh, yeah. Some? quick memories you can share with us of those days? Well, ironically, the the show was filmed about a mile from my house. Okay. And uh, it was filmed at the, at that time it was called Columbia Ranch. It's now Warner Brothers Ranch. And so when I was a little boy going to school and I was able to get out of school, my mother would take me to the set. And I'd wow. spend the entire afternoon on the set um, watching them shoot the, the show, um, I had a crush on Suzanne Crow. So I really? To find her. <laughs> yeah. I was all ready for um, Susan Day. There goes my special yeah. tidbit for the next edition of the book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I had, I, you know, the, the other interest that I had is I loved uh, antique cars and vintage cars. And I would remember finding that bus and asking the transportation captain if I could get inside and pretend I was driving it. Wow. So I would sit in the bus and pretend I was driving their little boy. And it was always parked on the side of the stage. Uh, so I spent, you know, I spent, I, I spent a lot of time there through the, through the years when Mom was shooting the show, um, you know, observing everything, and um, of course seeing my brother, and I'll never forget it. It was a lot of fun. Sure. And again, periodically, just to reminisce, I'll just drive by the studio now and get on the lot and go look at the old stage and where the house was, and they just tore down the original exterior of the house. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. They sold um, the lot, and uh, it's being turned into sound stages. So um, I have a lot of uh, positive memories, and it's, it's as I said, it's, it's just irony that I live so close to it. Yeah. It's you know I just told this story in another interview, but it's one of my favorites. When I was getting together with Ryan to write the book, and we were kind of getting to know each other, I said, uh, "What? So what did you watch on TV when you were a kid?" And yeah. He goes, well, "The Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family, of course." Okay. And, you know, and we had a good laugh about that. Interesting. Well, the story the story is is that my mother would be would be filming the show, and my brothers and I would be sitting around our table having dinner watching television. And she'd be walking in from being at, at the Columbia, you know, at the Columbia Ranch for twelve hours that day, and uh, she'd walk in saying, "Hey, boys, I'm home," and we'd be watching the Brady Bunch of the Partridge Family. <laughs> and she's walking in. Now, you, yeah. the Partridge Family was better than the Brady Bunch, right? Oh, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm not Brady's. Right Love that you. <laughs> I get into that debate with people once in a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, right. You know, I had a lot of I had a lot of fun uh, growing up uh, watching the show and interacting with all the, the kids on the show. I'm, they were like my family, you sure. know. So, and by the way, I've noticed uh, Sean is out on the road this summer uh, touring. Yeah, right? he was just yeah. very close to us here. He was at Kent State. Yeah, I know some people over there at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty wild yeah, after all these years. He's created his own show, a very intimate sort of show about uh, his life and the songs he recorded and uh, stories about my mother and father and my brother David. And wow. Magic of the Midnight Sky, it's called. So it's it's uh, a wonderful, really wonderful uh, show to see. And as I said, it's very intimate. You feel like you're sitting in his living room. Oh, really? Telling stories about our family and playing music. A little different than the shows he did in 1978. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well Ryan fun. Cassidy, this has been such a treat for uh, having you on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dennis. And uh, Johnny yeah. Ray Miller, of course, co wrote this book. Uh, J- James Cagney was my baby. Is that the title? That's right. Was my babysitter. James Cagney was my babysitter. Yep. Right on. And you can find it everywhere, yeah. and uh, it sounds like a little, great little read. Oh, we had a And you won't, re- you won't regret buying it and reading it. You won't regret the it, okay. No. Thank you, Ryan, so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and John, we'll talk soon. Hey, we'll see you, buddy. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you, Ryan. Take care. Mm, bye-bye. Ryan Cassidy, right here on Island Time. We're getting big names on this show now. I know, man. 
You know, we were just talking about this before we went on the air, right? This is the seventh year in a row we've been doing this. You've been counting better than me. I didn't I realize. I did it this year. I was like, how many years have we done this? It's, yeah. Seven, seven years. years. Wow. And then Brian Forrester, this will be his third year. Yeah. This is Ryan's second year. So, yeah, right. we got a thing here, man. We got to make sure Ryan calls in next year. I, yeah. I, forgot, I forgot to ask him. <laughs> Let's do some uh, Partridge Family songs. What yeah. do you think? That sounds perfect. This is, uh, this one here, I picked this in particular, not only because I love it, but Cynthia Weil co-wrote it, and as you know, Cynthia just passed away a couple weeks ago. No, I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Co-writer, along with Barry Mann. That was her husband, right? That's for, right. For oh, many years. What a loss. But uh, I'm on the road, and I'm going to dedicate that to uh, Cynthia. You know, before you play that little trivia for you, that was the originally planned theme song of the show. Really? Yeah, they announced it in the press as well, and um, at the last minute, changed their mind. Interesting. Well, that would have made sense on the road because there yeah. was all the shots of them on the road and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's check it out from the very first Partridge Family album on our retro Partridge David Cassidy night here on Island Time.
wish I knew then what I know today. I'm on my way back home again. Love, that's what's waiting for me. That's where I've got to be. Just to look in your eyes.
It is Retro Night on the Island Time Radio Show. We're playing a lot of good old Yacht Rock, and we're playing some Partridge Family music and David Cassidy music, and we have Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Johnny? Hey, it's so great to be here, Dennis. Man. Great to have you back. Seventh year in a row. Seventh year. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Neither can I. Never Be the Same from Criss Cross, Christopher Cross, that famous album with the Pink Flamingo on the cover, which we all have memories of, 1980. He won multiple Grammys for that album. And uh, we also had in there On My Way Back Home from Sound Magazine, The Partridge Family, 1971. Yeah. One of my favorites. Me too. I'm on the road from the first album. We had Michael McDonald in there with Sweet Freedom. And it's all on our special show. We're wrapping up hour number one.
got a blue bikini in my purse. Feeling so good, it hurts. Need a beach and a sunny day. Don't need no shoes. Walking barefoot on the dunes. Just chillax away the blues. All my friends are playing DJ. Take a sip, lick the lime. Having fun, it ain't a crime. We ain't worried, we don't have a care. Beach life ain't tough. Copper tone and all the stuff. Bananas, limes, and coconuts. Fruit flavored optimism in the air.
All right, friends. That was Chicago. Call on me. One of my favorites uh, from the old days, 1974. We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. We got Cheryl from the North Coast Parrothead Club. Cheryl Lang. Hi. <laughs> Woo. We got everybody on the telephone, and we're going to talk to our buddy Jeff Pike here in a second. And uh, Brian Forster, who played Chris Partridge on The Partridge Family. This is his third year in a row checking in at Island Time. Yeah, Brian. Woohoo! And in the meantime of all this madness, uh, Jeff Pike was in this Abamania show, and he did a show out in California near Brian's house. So he got Brian tickets and uh, got backstage with Jeff, and they got to take pictures together and got to meet each other. So I love that. All because of Island Time. So there oh, you go. Oh, that's great. Right on. So we're looking forward to talking to those guys. After this very quick break, Johnny Ray Miller in the house, author of When We're Singing. And we'll be back with more fun, fun retro stuff tonight on Island Time. First off, I'm going to bring on Mr. Jeff Pike, who is uh, well known to the trap rock world as uh, the member of A1A, the man, the brains behind A1A. Jeff, Hello. Dennis, I am here. Brian, it's good to hear your voice, my friend. Welcome have, from Atlanta. All right, we're going to bring on Brian Forrester. He was Chris Partridge on the show back in the day, and uh, this is his third time on the show, back, back on Island Time. Brian Forrester, hello. Hey there, number three. Wow. Wow, Brian, what's going on? What's going on? Well, let's see. Uh, just <laughs> waiting for those thunderstorms like you guys are getting. Oh, yeah. man. You're getting some too, huh? We're getting nothing but fog. I'll tell you what. Everybody thinks California is nothing but sunshine. But, you know, we we have the sun come out for about one hour each day. And, you know, there you go. What part of California are you in again, uh, Brian? I thought you said northern California. Northern California, north of the Golden Gate. Yep, up okay. in wine country. Break one for me. Well, just one? <laughs> well, we could talk. <laughs> okay. Say hello to Jeff Pike, who you now know personally. Oh, yeah, Jeff and our buddies now. Right, Jeff? Good to hear from you, Brian. Hey, you didn't answer my question the other day on my text. I need to know what size T-shirt you wear. <laughs> oh, I love it. We we go to right, uh, Island Time to be able to get the answer. <laughs> Whatever it takes. We should have, we should have a Whatever it takes. There you go. It's, uh, it would be a medium. Medium. Okay, Kathy, did you get that? All right. I wish I could claim that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Well, all you have to do is cut it away in certain spots, and then it works. <laughs> Let the muscles shine through. Brian, I'm thinking about you. I was going through my garage. I was going to send you a picture, and if uh, the live feed was going, I was going to post this. I've been going through my boxes of old music, and I found this vintage. It's the Partridge Family at Home with Their Greatest Hits uh, booklet sheet music in mint condition that I had when I first started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. And it still has some of my guitar teacher's notes in it. And the pictures for vintage and the whole thing is in mint condition. And guess how much it cost? Five bucks. 50 cents. Oh. $2 and, it was $2.50 back then. <laughs> okay, I wasn't too far off. <laughs> There's a, there's a great little picture. There's a great little picture of you in there against a brick wall. I'll send it to you. <laughs> well, Jeff, when you become a big rock star, it'll be worth a lot more than that. 
Ah, you already are the rock star. I'm a, just a rock Wait, star. Wait, you wannabe. are a rock star. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> We we do yeah, have. Yeah, I had a good time. Went to uh, see him play, and and uh, the the show was really fun. And I can't believe that Jeff was able with I don't know we've got three thousand people or something, and he's in the light, so you know staring out into the light is impossible. And it, somehow he picked me out. I don't know. It could have been the uh, the you know the pink tutu I was wearing. I don't know. <laughs> wow. You're a partridge, yeah. man. That's all it takes. It was. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess I, I shouldn't have worn the uh, the blue velvet outfit from the show. <laughs> I guess that gave it away. <laughs> hey, speaking of the outfit, I, I was on Facebook and I said, Brian, I sent you that text. They were having this auction. Johnny may know about this. They were auctioning off some of the the original Partridge Family wardrobe to some auction no, recently. I yeah, and one of one of Brian's original shirts went for fifteen hundred dollars. Really? <laughs> Holy wow. cow! Yeah, so I'm thinking that you ought to like start selling your clothes. Really, Brian? You should <laughs> <retire> on that. <laughs> start selling. Yeah, your clothes. maybe. <laughs> and Johnny, you didn't know about it? Can you believe it? I know. I, I missed that one. Oh my! Yeah, How is that possible? Shirley clothes. I think one of Shirley's one one of her main outfits went for like I mean. A, a stupid amount of money. I forget what it was, but I kept the I kept the post. I'll find that and send it to you guys. I yeah, but I didn't have enough money to bid. That would have been fine. In this day and age of collectibles, Brian, have you held on to any artifacts from the Partridge Family days? Do you have st- stuff that you would sell or something like that? Well, I have stuff, but I'm not going to sell it. You're not going to sell. I mean, it kind of goes along with my Dickens memorabilia. I'm not going to sell it. Okay. All right, no, that makes sense. Do your listeners know, by the way, my connection to Dickens? Yeah, let's explain that again. You are related to Charles Dickens. It's amazing. That is so crazy, isn't it? And it's Charles Dickens is my great 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 grandfather. Three greats, right? Three great great greats. Yeah, that's amazing. And then Alfred from Batman, right? He's one of the relatives. Yep, he's my grandfather, technically step grandfather, but there you go. And then my stepdad was with Bissell, who was in just about any movie from the 40s through the 70s. So, yeah, I, get, I got some acting in my blood. Yeah, I guess. Your grandfather was uh, Nap- Napier, was his last name? Alan Napier. Alan Napier, yep. Okay. And very famous uh, role on Batman, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. The best Batman, in yeah. my opinion. I agree. Funny story, when my wife and I okay. first started dating... She so she was raised by her grandparents and they wouldn't let her watch TV really. So the Partridge family was she had no idea what it was. Okay, fine, okay. that's good. And then um, so I told her that, and then I told her Charles Dickens. Then I told her about Alan Napier, and she went, "No way, that's your granddad." <laughs> that's good. That's funny. See, you never know what the, which connection is going to be the one. The six degrees. Of that's Brian right. Forster. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to surprise folks tonight. We have a brand new, well, we have a couple of them. We're going to do one this hour and one later on. Jeff Pike has a new record, a couple of songs out, that was produced by Gino Vanelli's brother, Joe, right? Is that correct, Jeff? No, this is this is just me and Gino Vanelli completely on these two tracks. Gino's Gino's playing all the instrumentation, and I'm doing the vocals, and Gino produced it. 
and uh, and recorded it. So Gino did, the, okay. All the, all the studio. So it's basically like Hall and Oates or Gino and Jeff. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and we've talked yeah. a few times over the years, Gino Vanelli, uh, when he hit big in nineteen in the seventies, late seventies. Uh, both Jeff and I had seen him in concert that year. So we had that memory of uh, what a great performer he was. And all these years later, somehow, Jeff, you, you can tell the story. You got connected with him, and uh, you're doing a record together now. Yeah, I got real lucky. It's, uh, it, it's funny how the connections you and I have been. It's like the Partridge Family connection right. going way back, Pablo Cruz connection, and then the Gina Vanelli connection, and, of course, the Gina Buffett connection. Starbucks. Those are that and So it's like... It's kind of like there's the seven degrees of Dennis and Jeff, <laughs> six degrees of Brian, and the 500 degrees of Johnny Miller. <laughs> Johnny? Everybody. Oh, my God. We're so, going to get into that. If I could be anybody for a day, Johnny, I'd want to be you. I gotta oh, tell you. man, you, you're killing me. I'll try oh, no- We want to be Johnny Ray Miller when we're at one of those Hollywood shows. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> I want Brian to come do one of those. Brian, where have you been at the Hollywood show? I don't know. Maybe the time is ready. I don't know. I just, it is it's, time. It is time. All right. Well, if I have a new audience, I don't know. I'll blast it out there and get them in there. They would line up for you. Maybe would you they? Have, All right. Maybe, maybe you have a new audience uh, from your appearances on Island Time. We'll, it's been a long time since you did it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time, but it got to the point where people were walking by going, hey, how you doing? And keep walking. I'm like, no, 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 no. Come here. Let's, let's you know, well, that's buy something. That's because you didn't wear the red velvet. Well, I know. Or you know? I did, and now they're like, okay, where's the blue velvet? All right. <laughs> you know, we and could... Brian wore blue velvet. <laughs> we could, you know, hang all the costumes behind the table so, you know, you could... You could switch clothes uh, on the second day and what about the drum pictures with people and all the different outfits what about the drums does he ever bring the drums out do you have those no that i the studio had them though i mean when the show was over it was, was like it. repossession day you know uh, like oh no 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 we're coming in we're taking your drums back <laughs> and you don't know what happened to him after that no i don't okay. sorry that was, that... got him Hal Blaine might have him, or he had him <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Wow. Okay. He well, had it on his wall, a signed Brian Forster. I've got one. Do you? Really? Yeah. yeah, well, that's just the drum head, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hal Blaine said really nice things about you, Brian, I, when I interviewed him for the Bartridge Family book. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's good. I guess that 100 bucks went somewhere then. <laughs> nice. He said you were very believable, and it was very noticeable how hard you worked. Well, yeah. that's good to hear. You know, once yeah. in a while I yeah, watch the show and I go, man, I had no clue that week. <laughs> and other times I'm like, okay, all right, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> but little did you know you were inspiring drummers everywhere. Uh, isn't that weird? Yeah. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, the power of television, right? The power of television, it's scary. <laughs> So, Brian, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. I know you were a race car driver. Are you still race car drive racing cars? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, my racing is, uh, so my big project in 2020 was to rebuild my race car from the ground up. And, um, yeah, I'm racing again. I uh, had a race uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, having a ball with it. Fantastic. You do that mainly in uh, California? Or you travel? Yeah, mostly in California, yep. 
Uh, you know, this is a big country. It takes <laughs> it's a lot to go. Well, I told you before, I raced in Mid Ohio once years ago, but man, that's it's a long way from here. Sure. Yeah. And I, I know you were so, talking about something in Europe. Yeah, so uh, I'm hoping, in fact, I just renewed my racing license that gets me to potentially race in England, hopefully. And uh, so I'm working on that. I also renewed my captain's license so that I can go out of my sailboat and teach again and uh, do that. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of different things. Did I ever tell you that um, I raced cars once? They were called Hot Wheels. (laughs) Hey, that's where I started, you know. And then there was Johnny Lightning. Johnny Lightning, Lightning. 500. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Johnny Lightning, Johnny Ray Miller. I see a connection. (laughs) Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about Hot Wheels is you can crash them like crazy and nobody gets hurt. This is true. There you go. Well, very cool. Uh... Is there like when you do these uh, races, Brian? Uh, is this something that we could find on TV, on cable, or something? Uh, no, Probably no. Not. This is okay. a. It's not private racing. It's just club racing, and um, uh, there is a website called Race Hero, okay. and it gives you live uh, feed, you know, of timing and scoring. But it's just a bunch of numbers. It's not anything too exciting. Very cool. So I got some Partridge Family trivia for you. Okay. So whose birthday was today? I know. I know it. Oh, you know it, Brian. Uh, let's see what day. Well, first of all, I have to know what day it is. I'm not sure June, what day. It June twenty sixth. Um, no, I have no idea. No. Well, the hint, Dave Madden. The hint is that he could oh. bark. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Was, well, that would be. That would be Danny. <laughs> Simon. Well, you know, uh, Simone the dog. And bite occasionally. It was Simone okay, the dog. Okay, so it must be birthday. Simone. Now, I have to give credit where credit is due. I did not come up with that. Uh, Cheryl, on my Facebook page, put that out there. And I just thank you, Cheryl. I just think that was the funniest thing. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Is it Simone or some? Sim- what, what did you say? Well, now you want the you want me to go into my nerd mode and give you the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it it was Simone. So it started out that the dog was was male. Oh. Okay. No, sorry, I'm getting it wrong now. The dog was female, and they named it Simon. And then they realized it was female and changed it to Simone. <laughs> then they changed the dog and said to a male later because the female dog was a problem. But they continued to call it Simone. So there's my. Partridge Family Nerddom for you this evening. That's a good one. Yay. And if if you are a Partridge Family fanatic, you will know that the dog was on for a little while on the show, and then it got to be too much of a pain, so they got rid of the dog, right? Is that the story? Well, you know, here's where people, okay, more nerddom. So they often say, oh, the dog disappeared after the first season. But if you really watch into the second season, you see, you know, the dog makes a few appearances. You spot him on the set. So I guess it wasn't totally true. And I guess that had happened on a couple shows. Like Get Smart started out with a dog, and it started to be a pain. So they. I guess Simone wasn't as famous as Tiger. Is that what happened? Tiger on Brady Bunch, yeah. yeah. Did Tiger last the whole six years or what, five years? I don't, I don't do Brady's. So yeah, we don't, don't do Brady. We don't know. <laughs> Nah, we're a Brady fan so, zone here. 
I got a funny Brady story about Simone. <laughs> that was good, Jeff. Go ahead, Brian. So, you know, Shirley didn't drive the bus very often because that wasn't her thing. But once in a while when she did, she wasn't very good at slipping the clutch. So, you know, it would feel like you ran over a bump. And the joke was, oh, there goes Simone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Brian, you never told that one before. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I got to save some for the right moment. So today on the birthday, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Great oh, wow. stuff. Jeff Pike, you got anything for us? Any questions? Or? Oh, Oh, uh, oh! Questions? Oh, good lord, Johnny! When's your next book, Johnny? Oh man, do you know about the the new one that just came out? I just co-wrote this children's book with Ryan Cassidy uh, called. Oh, James... oh, it was out yet? When did yeah, it come out? Yeah, it just came out in March. It's, it's called James Cagney was my babysitter, and it's Ryan's true story of how he was babysat by James Cagney when he was young, and it's. Uh, it's a very uh, warm-hearted, insightful telling of a little boy's experience, um, you know, uh, kind of in an afternoon with, with a famous man who he had a sort of vision of who he was to begin with, and only to discover him just as a man who became a friend who he had a lot in common with. And um, it, it's precious. It's, you know, Shirley, oh. Shirley wrote the forward and the afterward, and... Um, there's a nice like bio section of pictures at the end of the book. It's just a really great story, and Ryan is so proud of it, and deservingly so. Uh, he just tells it absolutely beautifully. Well, that's fantastic, and I remember you talking about that a while back. I'm, I'm sorry I missed the release. Can we get it on Amazon? Yeah, you can. Barnes & Noble, it's all over the place. You'll find it easily. Great. That's my next purchase this evening when I get off the phone. Oh, I love it. Here we go. Definitely. I gotta have it. Oh, speaking of babysitters, so Brian, you had all these famous people. Do you remember any famous people that were your Brian that babysat you? I remember you told me once that all these famous people would call your house and you would pick up the phone and it would be like Betty White or these people that just came over to your dad's house, your parents' house, and you didn't know who they were until. So was I babysat by famous people? No, but you're referring to the conversation that I had with um, uh, Betty Davis. Oh, really? Who um, was a friend of my dad's and would call the house. And I was taught to be very polite when you answer the phone and always ask who's, who may ask is calling. And <laughs> sure enough, it was, you know, even at my young age, I'm like, of course this is Betty Davis. Who else would it be with a voice <laughs> like that? <laughs> exactly. Wow. But I still had to go through the motions. Oh, mask is calling. Oh, this is Betty Davis. Yeah, okay. I already knew that, but all right, fine. <laughs> did, did you ever, uh, I mean, did you meet some of these people, like, in person, or did they ever come over to the house or anything like that? Um, well, there's a whole bunch of people. I mean, my grandfather's house was quite the party pad is that right? back in the 50s or 40s or whatever it was, but oh. I obviously wasn't around then. Yeah. But, um, you know, another person who used to call the house was Charlton Heston because he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild and my dad was vice president. So he would call the house and my wow. mom would answer the phone and she'd say, honey, Moses is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so I, I did, there was a benefit for Shirley Jones and I was on the dais 
along with Charlton Heston. So I told him that story, and he got a kick out of it. <laughs> That's funny. Excellent stuff. All right. Um, what else was I going to say? Brian, we talked a little bit. Uh, just because you're on the Partridge family doesn't mean that you're a Partridge family music nut like us, but uh, you have a wide variety of music. But I, I think I pinned you down to your favorite song and, and refresh our, our audience with that song. Your favorite oh, Partridge film. Oh, yes. I remember we did talk about that, yeah. and that would be Summertime. Summer Days, right? Summer Days. Summer Days. Sorry. Okay, that's on the playlist yeah. tonight. So, All right. Sound Magazine. Yeah, there was something else I heard recently that I went, wow, that was pretty good, and I forgot what it was, but... Oh, see, you know, those are the kinds of questions that I want the answers to. Yeah, what was it? You got to remember, <laughs> the Partridge Family yeah. fans want to know these things, <laughs> right? Well, I'm still more like David was. I'm more of a uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, you know Zeppelin kind of guy. There you go. You know what I was always curious about, and I didn't ask anybody about this, but in David Cassidy's, I should say, in Keith Partridge's bedroom was a poster of Jimi Hendrix. Do you remember that? And so would that have been something that they would have said, you know, David likes Jimi Hendrix, let's put it in the room, and uh, or was it coincidence, do you think? Or was it his idea? Yeah, knowing David, that was probably something where he said, hey, you know, come on, let's put in, you know, Jimmy in the bedroom, and, you know, it's David. You know, if, they say, if he wants it, they'll say, okay, we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, David. And back then, I don't think think they thought uh, people would pick up on these little things like we do. I mean, we're 60 years later, we're picking yeah. out these little things from the show. And You know, I don't think TV is like it was that way anymore. <laughs> do, you think, do you think modern fans are as into the show? I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. Because There's... you can't see the sets. It's always blurred backgrounds, and the cameras are moving wildly, and nobody's going to, you know, 30 years from now be like, you know, on the set of NCIS, I saw a poster in the background. <laughs> and do people watch these shows all the way through? I guess you, well, you binge them now or whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wonder, don't know. I wonder Who if knows? they're... Well, think about the way it was back then. The show came on once, and then six months later it went through a rerun. Yeah. I mean, you only got to watch it twice in a year. That's true. Not twice in one day. <laughs> That's true. You know, and to throw a little thought in there, when I never saw there was... I watched the Partridge family religiously in the reruns, and uh, there was one clip, like a tag, in one of the episodes when the DVDs came out as late as the 90s. It was yeah. the first time I ever saw it. I had never seen this piece of the Partridge family episode that uh, Shirley was in a car with Reuben. Yeah. It was the one where they were going to sell the house. And it's at the beginning of the episode, and Shirley and Ruben are in this car driving, and I, I mean, I knew those episodes, you know, every piece of them back in the day, but I had never seen that. When the DVDs came out, they did say th uh, that these were cut over the years when it went into syndication. Mm -hmm. So when they put the DVDs out, they brought back the original, the way it aired the first time way back when. Yeah. And that's, I was the same way. Yeah, there yeah. Were things it was only like a minute of the show, but you were like, I haven't seen this scene before. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're all crazy. <laughs> well, Brian Forster... Well, remember that a 30-minute show was actually like 22 minutes by the time you put right. the ads in. That's true. So when you make it into a DVD, you got to fill out that extra time. 
And they they're not uh, they don't have to put commercials on the DVD, of course. So yeah, make it. You know, longer. we uh, we pin Brian down to songs he likes and music he liked, but you know what we never talked about are TV shows that you liked, Brian. What TV shows were you really fascinated with when you were young? Oh, I was going to say, are you talking about then or now? Oh. Um, yeah, back then. Well, I, you, you mean there was another show besides the Partridge Family? <laughs> of course not. Just Brady. Of course not. And if you oh wait, yeah, there was Family Affair, which I was on once, and there was Brady Bunch, I was on that once. So yeah, there were those two shows. Yeah. Um, so as a teenager, my favorite show was One Day at a Time because I had a thing for Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> All about Valerie. A lot of guys. All did. about Valerie. Yeah, a lot of guys did. Yeah, she was hot. And it's so funny because I have my old address books. And I was going through it, and this is one that I had since I was about, I don't know, eight or something. It was like my first address book. And I have Valerie Bertinelli's phone number and address in there. How I got it, I have no clue. What I did with it, I have a clue, which is nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, why didn't you call? Don't tell Lisa I said that. Yeah, well. Eddie might have been out of luck. Yeah, I was going to say, you might have beat Eddie on yeah. I know. Well, you know what? When she married Eddie Van Halen, who was my male rock star, I'm like, all right, if my female star has to marry somebody, at least it's him. <laughs> I had a friend who was very upset about it. He he was like, oh, that Eddie Van Halen. He was like really ticked off at Eddie Van Halen <laughs> <laughs> over the whole thing. Yeah. I think the girls felt the same way about David Cassidy when, you know, when, he, mar- when he got married. Yeah. Any oh, of the times he got married. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Yep, well, can't have everything. There yeah, we go. Really, pick your poison. Well, Brian Forrester, this is always a treat to have you on, and thank you so much for doing this again. Sure. And uh, yeah, it was a Monday night. I, you know, like okay, I can go out to the bar and get, you know, or be on the radio. I'll be on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> or you could well, do both at once. Really, you know. Well, that's true. I could have done that, but you wouldn't want to hear the fights in the background. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. The stories could have gotten really interesting, I bet, after a few uh, drinks at the bar with you. Well, that's true. <laughs> you thought the story yeah. about Simone was good. Do you. Do, uh, just, yeah. Oh, just, there goes Simone. There goes Simone. <laughs> Whoopsie. Just had it. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, these days, is it very rare, like, when somebody stops you in the street or at a bar or whatever and says, hey, Brian Forster? Or, you know, it is so funny because nine times out of ten, somebody will recognize me, but they have no idea where I'm from. They think okay. I went out with their sister or they went <laughs> to high school with them or whatever. But okay. every once in a while, somebody absolutely nails it and goes, you're the guy in the portrait family. Wow. And this happened once in front of my wife, and she just went, oh, my God, this is insane. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. That's funny. So well, thank that, you. it was so funny when she had no idea who the, who I was in the Partridge family. It was actually really nice. So I'm sure that was a, a change. You probably didn't bring that up for a little while, I'm guessing. Um, when you well, met. I think it was the second date. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. I had to work the tools that I had, you know. I was going to say, it came in about the time that he was, you know, honey, needing to get some points. Honey, there's something I have to tell you about me. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have some to hunky bodybuilder guy walked by and her eyes wandered, and I'm like, hey, by the way, did <laughs> I tell you? Hello, world, you're the song that I'm singing. <laughs> That's oh my. right. Oh, my. Brian, thank you so much. It's been a fun, fun, fun. And Jeff Pike, once again, for checking in. Thank you, Mr. King and Brian. Good to hear from you. We're going to play you your song. We're going to play Jeff Pike's song with Gino Vanelli called Keep On Walking. It's a debut to Island Time tonight. But uh, thank you, both of you guys, Brian Forster and Jeff Pike, for checking in tonight. You're welcome. All righty. Johnny, good to hear your voice. I'll hey, get that it's, book. It's great to talk to you. It's been so long, man. Uh, when are you going to play up here in uh, Ohio? I do not know, but let's figure it out. Let's catch up sometime. It's been too long. I would love that. Okay. Give me a ring. All great right. to hear from you, Brian. Thanks both, both okay, you guys. Okay, you too. Take well, care. Take care. Fins up. All right. Brian Forster and Jeff Pike on Island Time tonight. And uh, let's do a David Cassidy solo uh, song. This is from Cherish, the first album. Cheryl, did you have the first album? I did not. I have no David Cassidy albums. You I should. have Partridge Family albums. You should have this album. because yes, we need to fix that. This album had the same producer uh, as the Partridge Family records and a lot of the same players some of the same writers, but it was slightly different. He was yeah. he was trying to remove himself from that image, but uh, of course the people around him didn't want it to go too far away. Yeah. But anyway, the backgrounds are more subtle. Yeah. The vocalists, in the background. The vocalists aren't, aren't aren't as obvious. What and year did that come out? 1971. Yeah. And it's a great album. It really is. It's called Cherish. He redoes the Association song Cherish, of course. I remember. And the whole thing's great, but this is one of my favorite tracks, Being Together, David Kissing. So check it out on Island Time, our special retro show.
All right, that is brand new music from Jeff Pike with help from uh, Gino Vanelli. They produced that together, uh, the great Gino Vanelli, of course. And the song is called, uh, what is the name of that song? It is uh, Keep On Walking. 
brand new from beautiful song absolutely yeah jazzy beautiful uh laid-back music if you will before that we had david cassidy with being together and a while ago i had a brand new song from christopher dale i'm not sure i mentioned that on the show it was coffee and kisses and it was with a a girl named uh ria i don't have her last name with me right now but uh it's like a duet and uh, coffee and kisses we debuted that earlier in the show and it is our retro night on island time we're
Some quiet conversation. She's coming in 12:30 flight. Her bullet wings reflect the stars that guide me toward salvation. I stopped an old man along the way, hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies.
from Sound Magazine, summer of 71. That's right, baby. Fifth one grade. Of, one of the greatest pop albums ever. Love that album, Sound Magazine. I was just talking off the air with Johnny. Uh, that has got to be their best album of the... How many Parks Family albums, including Christmas, there was... Eight studio albums. Eight. And two hits albums, so okay. ten altogether. And Sound Magazine, in my opinion, is a lot of people's opinion. Is a lot of people's opinion feel that it pinnacle. was, as you put it earlier, uh, the pet sounds of the Partridge yes. family. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Or the Sergeant Peppers, if you will. The Sergeant right? Pepper of the Partridge family, that's right. And uh, I was playing it uh, this afternoon. It's just a, one of those things. And we've mentioned this, too. This is something you don't notice when you're a kid. Certain writers... I love their songs with the Partridge Family so much more than other writers. Yeah. And Tony Romeo has always been my number one. Yeah. He wrote It's One of Those Nights, which we just played a minute ago. Uh, he wrote I Think I Love You. Yeah. He wrote uh, Summer Days. I mean, you, come on. And you know, uh, such different songs. Uh, yeah. The style of them, the songwriting. I always think of John Baylor telling me that every time a Tony Romeo song would come in, they knew and they would hear the demo who it was who had written it because it was so out of the box in design and the last song that he did on a Partridge album re refresh my memory the title that the, Tony Romeo wrote oh yeah uh, on the bulletin board album yeah I'll never get over you I'll never get over you is kind of it's kind of a, a sequel to I think I love you yeah which like is part uh, two almost the, now was that your theory or was that what the, they were actually telling you when you wrote the book um, was it my theory? I think it was a little more my theory, um, but it came from what John Baylor had talked to me about in terms of the musical structure. If you listen especially to the very beginning of the song, it's almost like an inverted ba-ba-ba from I Think I Love You. It's, if you okay. listen to it, there's a, wow. very much a similar thing going now on. Now we're getting into serious partridge, uh, <laughs> yeah. partridge stuff here. That's my dig, right? This is serious stuff. Last time I had you on here, Johnny, I got to, uh, talking about uh, David Cassidy's solo material, and this, to my surprise, is your favorite album. It is the, it's just self-titled, right? David yeah. Cassidy album. Yeah. A weird thing happened. We all grew up with this music. We all knew who David was, but as the years went on, he just kind of faded into obscurity, and we'd kind of forgotten about him. Yeah. And then we were all. Uh, when I'm talking us, I'm talking about the, the main core of people that watched the show and remembered the music. We were in our 20s, and I remember distinctly, I was married and uh, DJing at the bars and stuff. And all of a sudden, within a two-month period or a month period, something like that, both Donny Osmond and David Cassidy made these comebacks. Yeah. And what they did was they uh, played the songs. I'm not sure if it happened for Donny and David or... I think they did the same trick on both. They played the new music on an L.A. station, and they didn't say who it was. Yeah. So the people wouldn't have that prejudice in their head of yeah. who it was. And they were getting all these calls. The, yeah. the phones were lighting up. Wow, what's that song? Who is that? Oh, that's, that's Donny Osmond, and that's David Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. And out of the clear blue sky in 1989, right, I think it was, they both had hits. It was actually, it was the fall. Or 90. 90. 90, okay. When you said earlier, we talked about Sound Magazine, you know, where were you in the summer of 71? For this, uh, for this album, this was the where were you in the fall of 90. Fall me. of 90, okay. For me, and the reason, there's a lot of reasons it's my favorite album of David Cassidy's solo albums, 
But the sentimentality of it is, is probably the guiding force, which is that it was the first time that David was truly back since we were little kids. Yeah. And when we were little kids, you know, not all of us got to go see him in concert. Hardly any of us, you know, of that age, really. Right. Um, well, I didn't anyway, and so for I me, tried. I didn't. I didn't make it either. Yeah, it was you know records. Cheryl did though. Cheryl got that. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, man, you're one of the lucky ones. But when he came back in 1990, um, it was really the first chance as a young adult to experience David Cassidy in the moment of the day. Sure. And so I remember so vividly. I was going to Kent State commuting. And I would call and request the song before I left the house and I had an hour drive. And on the radio on the way up, I'd hear them play Lying to Myself because I had requested it. Is that and right? hearing them on the radio talk on all kinds of radio stations about David Cassidy, it's exactly like you just described. The DJs were going, this is David Cassidy. Can you believe this is David Cassidy? Right. You know, he's back. Right. Oh, remember the shag? He still looks the same, which he did. You know, his yeah. hair, he really looked at 40 years old. He looked exactly the same. Yeah. So very special album for me. And then um, I remember playing it for the first time and uh, right out of the gate, first song, it was powerful. His voice was powerful. And then, of course, the hit that you're about to play um, the big one out of the gate. There was a lot of songs on that album that could have been singles and were planned to be singles, but the uh, label went under in the middle of the promotion. Which was Enigma Records. Yeah. And I did not totally realize this either. The uh, album was co-produced by Phil Ramone. Yeah. Who had produced Billy Joel and, uh, and if you look other closely, big names. Um, different people produced different songs on there. Uh, so there yeah. was a lot of you know, a lot of brilliant minds going on in that album. David and Sue Schifrin co-wrote almost all of the songs. His, his uh, soon-to-be wife, they weren't married at that time, but they got married right shortly after the album came out. Brief story, they knew each other in the 70s, yeah. separated, he married somebody else. and then Twice. The, twice, and then he ended up marrying her in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got back together for a couple of years, and then uh, right after this album came out, uh, he married her, and um, they were together 23 years. And that year, he went on tour, and Danny Bonaducci was the opening act. Right. And I got to see that show. Yeah, me too. In Cleveland. At the, uh, I can't remember the name of the theater now. It was on East 9th Street. And we walked in there, and Danny was uh, walking through the hallway or something. And I, I go, hey, Danny. Like, I know Danny. Like, he's my... <laughs> brother or something uh, yeah, yeah. I said can you come over here and get a photo with my friend and she he I remember him looking at me like oh, okay <laughs> all right I guess. but it's just so funny how you think you know them right because you feel like you grew up with them it's just weird but it was a fantastic show Danny was amazing yeah, uh, he was as the opening act and yeah. uh, and uh, it was a great show this album also I thought I'll never forget this one the song High Heel Sneakers, which I think might be a cover song, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It is, okay. It's the only one on the album. Okay. Is it an old 70s song or something? Yeah, um, I don't know the history of that song, but I know about the little... Uh, well, this is where I'm heading. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Okay. So, in that era, as you remember, this was the beginning of sampling, where people were sampling songs from the past. Right. And so, what better... 
uh, song for David to sample in a new David Cassidy song than I Think I Love You. Right. And right in the middle, the first time I'm listening to the CD, and I heard that, I think I love you. And I'm like, whoa! I couldn't believe it either. I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, it was a neat little uh, gimmick, I guess, or whatever you want to say. It's but like a toss-out to the fans. Yeah, little little somewhere. present. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Well, anyway, let's listen to the single produced, co-produced by Phil Ramone and E.T. Uh, Thorngren. Mm-hmm. Was, his name's all over this album. Yeah. But it's Lying to Myself, and it was a top 40 hit. Number 28. In America. Yeah. What about in Europe? Was it? It did hit over there. I can't give you the numbers now. Yeah. Was it was it a top forty though or close? I don't know. Okay, well let's check it out, folks. If you've never Google heard it, it, if you've never yeah, that's right, Google it. If you've never heard this, this is from nineteen ninety, the lion lion to myself from David Cassidy, on Island Time tonight.
window walking downtown Feeling mighty good And I noticed from the corner How all alone she stood Underneath the lamplight An angel in disguise Lonely little runaway With teardrops in her eyes Crazy little rag doll Her hair was wild and tossed And I put my arm around her Cause I knew that she was lost She didn't seem to notice That anyone was near Till suddenly she turned to me And whispered in my ear Come on. 
me Echo Valley 26809. You have reached a disconnected number. All right, one of those famous phone number uh, songs, Echo Valley 26809. Those were kind of popular for a while. It started in the 60s with uh, Beachwood 45789, and then Jenny later in the 80s, Jenny 867309. Anyway, that was Echo Valley 26809, and it was written by uh, Rupert Holmes, who later wrote the Pina Colada song and had a few songs on his own, yeah. And we also had in there... What did we have, Johnny? We he actually had... recorded that song too, Rupert Holmes. No, he didn't. He did it. Echo. He did on a. I think he did it on a songbook thing, like later. Okay, because I read that he would never record it because he thought it was perfect. He did, yeah. When he the Partridges did, did it, he did say that. And and he also said I had finally had some money to take my wife or girlfriend out to dinner or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, I like Cause that. Because he wasn't doing so well up to that point. I like that. Um, let's see. What else did we have in there? We had a couple of Partridge songs. We had Point Me in the Direction of Albuquerque, mm-hmm. for crying out loud. And we had David Cassidy lying to myself. And we've been going down off the air, um, down memory lane from uh, back in the day when Partridge family came back to Nick at night and David had this big comeback and he was making appearances and yeah. the concerts were great, of course. In the 90s, we're talking. Yeah, yeah so, those were big years for David. He did a lot in the 90s. Three we, albums, went to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Took Vegas by storm. Had the yeah. big run in uh, in that Vegas show at yeah. the uh, MGM right. for several years. We're getting out of time here, Johnny, so we're going to play a few more tunes. This is America here with a classic from 82, and i got a Captain and Tennille classic. Now, once in a while, people will, uh, will talk about cover songs, right? And sometimes the cover song isn't as good as the original or whatever, but sometimes the cover song either equates to the original or beats it. And one a great example of that is uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire doing Got to Get You Into My Life. Oh, yeah. You don't even think of it being a Beatles song because it's so Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, I've always thought that Captain and Tennille's, this might not be a popular or, or a take you hear often, but I think the Captain and Tennille version of Shop Around by the Smokey Robinson song oh, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, and it I, is. I Maybe because I grew up hearing this one more. Retro night. Yeah, it's retro night. But I like it. I love it. So we're going to do that one as well. And then uh, I think we got time for a couple partridges to wrap this thing up tonight. Oh, that's excellent. On our retro night with Johnny Ray Miller in the house, house and Cheryl, of course, Cheryl Lang from the partridge from the partridge family. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Cheryl, you're learning new things about yourself tonight. She was a uh, extra. That's right. <laughs> this is America going back to '82.
Time. 
up against I don't know what it's all about I got so much to think about years ago that song ended up in a tv commercial and uh johnny recalls it being seven up uh pop i'm not sure i think i love you the partridge family number one song in 1970 and we had uh shop around from captain and Tennille, and um 
I can't. Oh, Bobby Sherman, Easy Come, Easy Go. All tonight on our show tonight. What a show this was. Johnny Ray Miller, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This was a blast, Dennis, as it always is. Thanks. Seven years going strong. Yeah. Retro night. And uh, Cheryl, thank you for helping us out. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Now, when we go see Mad Dog Adams at Putin Bay, he always launches into this song. So I thought this was like a nice 70s uh, wrap-up. I'll just play a few seconds. Sun is going to shine even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with running everything. When Mad Dog does it, it's a little rowdier. I can only <laughs> But Johnny Ray Miller, thank you so, so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me the stories, the stories are great. We could go on for hours. In fact, tonight we're going till 4 a.m. tonight. No, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs>